Your Locked On Golden Knights, your daily podcast on the Vegas Golden Knights, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to Locked On Golden Knights, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It is officially, what would today be? Today would be Wednesday, October 7th. This is technically supposed to be your Tuesday, October 6th podcast. But, you know, when the NHL draft goes about four hours and then you also have to write a story and then have to do interviews and whatnot, you kind of lose track of time and then before you know it it's the next day and we're doing a first round recap of the nhl draft on a wednesday when rounds two through seven are slated to begin in t-minus eight hours so there you go so here it is your first round of the nhl draft podcast here tonight my name is danny webster and i appreciate you stopping by for today's episode in which we will be breaking down the golden knight's participation in the NHL draft tonight as well as an interesting I wouldn't call it a rumor but I would call it something that may or may not have traction I don't know quite yet and then we will also look ahead to tomorrow as well as give some thoughts on some selections that happened also in the first round but let's start with the Golden Knights drafting at number 29 overall They take forward Brendan Brisson out of the Chicago Steel from the United States Hockey League with the 29th overall pick. And and I'm always curious when it comes to the NHL draft, and Kelly McCrimmon kind of answered my question without me getting a chance to answer it the other day. When you are going through the NHL draft and when you're going through figuring out what players are best suited for your team by the time you're on the clock, Given how the prospect pool works, it's hard to draft on need. You get seven rounds, you got so many players. It's really hard to be able to hit on those points that you pretty much would like to hit, even though more than likely you're going to get those types of players later on in the round. In the case of, say, the Golden Knights, when you look at their draft history, out of now four drafts to this point, they have drafted about close to four times as many forwards as they have defensemen through their almost 30 selections through three years as an NHL franchise. They have prioritized forward more than defense to this point. Their top defensive prospect, you could say, is Nicholas Haig because Eric Brandstrom is no longer on the roster, him being in Ottawa because of the Mark Stone trade. So the Golden Knights have really not hit the need for going after a defenseman to this point in their franchise's history. And in our SB Nation mock draft, I had them taking Brandon Weeking's defenseman, Braden Schneider. If he were to have dropped all the way to 29, that would have probably been a steal and a half for Vegas. And plus there is the Brandon connection with Kelly McCrimmon, even though he no longer owns the uh, Brandon Weekings. Uh, Ridley Gregg was taken one pick before uh, Vegas was on the clock. Ottawa had their third 
first round pick of the day, and they took Ridley Gregg, the forward, out of Brandon. So that left Vegas with plenty of choices, I would say, going into this pick. And they took the young Brendan Brisson, who I will admit to you now, I had not done a lot of prep work on him going into this draft. I kind of focused on the big guys. I did focus on Schneider. I did focus on uh, Greg. I did focus a little bit on uh, Hendricks Lapriere. I I will say that I did not do a lot of homework on Brendan Brisson, but when you look at the tape and you look at the kind of player that he is, there is reason to be excited for if you are a Golden Knights fan. He classifies himself as a two-way center. He's from Los Angeles, one of only two American-born players to be selected in the first round. The other one was Jake Sanderson, who went fifth overall to the Ottawa Senators earlier in the night. Brisson, when you look at the tape, there's a lot to like. There is a lot to like. He's got a wicked slap shot. Uh, He led the team in power play points with 24. He was second on the team in points as a rookie with the Chicago Steel of the USHL. Uh, Brisson has committed to to playing for the University of Michigan next year. He is a freshman. His draft party was actually at the big house over in Ann Arbor. So that tells you how excited he is to be a part of the Michigan Wolverines. But it's... uh, He is going to be a very interesting player to watch for the University of Michigan. He does not look like a fast skater. He doesn't look like someone who is going to have blazing speed, especially down the center of the ice. But what he does lack for in speed, he makes for with good hockey sense, good hockey savvy, a good two-way game as he classified himself, but he is also very good, and I think Kelly McCrimmon did attest to this very well uh, after the draft was concluded. He's very good at, at holding on to the puck, very good at finding the open man, but I think the thing that's going to excite a lot of people, especially in the offensive game, is that he is very capable of scoring. He is a very capable. He is a guy that if you were to put him on the wing, I think that would be a decent choice if he was able to play the wing. Just because he has a shot from the right circle that could absolutely uh, terrorize NHL goaltenders in, a, in about four or five years. He has got that kind of a shot. He has got that kind of offensive presence about him that makes him very valuable. And again, I mentioned he he led Chicago with 14 power play points. 11 of those were goals. So he is going to camp out at a circle at some point and deliver a rocket on a one-timer. His slap shot is good. He's got a powerful shot. And if he can clean up if he can clean up the skating aspect of his game, if he can get himself a little bit more cleaned up in that department, if he can become a better skater, and you know, as you know, as both of them, I think, said, you know, Brisson and McCrimmon kind of alluded to, it's the size and the strength aspect, and I think we look at that a lot when it comes to these kinds of players. When you need to build up that kind of aspect of your game, it's always the size, it's always the strength, especially if you are not one to be so heavily relied upon with your speed. And again, maybe there is some time on the wing down the road for Brendan Brisson 
if the center depth is either too crowded or it just doesn't work. But he is he looks like a very good two-way player. He looks like someone who is a very capable goal scorer, looks like a great playmaker, looks like a patient player. And the Golden Knights continue to find these guys that fit that kind of a mold. Cody Glass fit that mold when he was coming out in the draft. Peyton Krebs fit that mold uh, before he was drafted last year by Vegas. The Golden Knights clearly have their mold. And even if they didn't go defenseman, they did get a very good player at number 29 in this draft. So I would say good start for the Golden Knights. It's hard to kind of assess what kind of talent you're going to get at number 29 as opposed to, say, a top three or a top five pick as as the evidence of this draft class. But it is a very deep draft class. And I think the Golden Knights hit the one hit the uh, the, hit the mark right on the head by selecting Brendan Brisson. We will be talking a little bit more about the NHL draft later on in the show. But first, we do have to talk about, again, I don't want to call it a rumor. I don't want to call it something that we should be expecting over the next couple of days before free agency. But it is something to keep an eye on. It has to do with the Golden Knights. And it has to do with Steven Stamkos. Yes, Steven Stamkos, the captain of the Stanley Cup winning Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, We will be discussing that in just a little bit. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing the only brand his warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices that you prefer. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com Talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. Usually we just brush it off or blame ourselves saying things like I lost my mojo or we avoid it altogether with excuses like I had a long day at work or sorry honey I'm just not feeling it. But with Roman, it is easy to talk about it with a real healthcare professional who can prescribe real medication. It's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. All you have to do is go to GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNHL today. If approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. Getting started is simple. All you have to do is go to GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNHL to get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. That's GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNHL. GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNHL. And as a reminder, friends, you can follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnVGK. You can follow me on Twitter as well at DannyWebster21. If you would like to send an email 
Because even in October 7th, in the year of our Lord 2020, emails are a thing to get us by through these crazy situations. You can send an email to LockedOnGoldenKnights at gmail.com for whatever reason. I don't know, but you can send an email. If it's about a mailbag question, if it's to talk about the show, whatever you want, the email is always open. I'm not sure if the DMs are open, but the email is certainly open if you would like to get in touch with me in some form or another, because I appreciate you being here, and that's really all that matters. So let's talk about this thing that really caught my eye today, and I, and I think I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preface this up front. I don't know how much we should be looking into this. I don't know how much we should actually be buying into this, nor do I think there is any traction as to a possible deal getting done before Friday. That being said, there is a possibility, and I'm, and again, I'm not saying that it's going to happen, but there is a possibility that Tampa Bay Lightning captain Steven Stamkos is on the trade block. And the question that came from this, are the Vegas Golden Knights a potential suitor for one Steven Stamkos? Now let's, let's get all the information out there first before we jump to any conclusions. Frank Saravalli, who does his uh, top 50 trade board, has one Steven Stamkos at number 15 on said board. Saravalli says that there are a list of untouchables in Tampa, and I guess we can figure out who they are in terms of Kucherov, Point, Vasilevsky, Hedman. You, you kind of get the idea. Steven Samkos is not among those lists of untouchables. Now, Saravalli made a very clear and understanding point that to ensure everyone that moving Steven Stamkos is very unlikely in this realm with a cap hit of $8.5 million for four more years, and in a flat cap world, getting that hit on the books while Tampa tries to get hits off the books in order to sign a guy like Mikhail Sergachev to a restricted free agent offer Uh, it doesn't make sense all around. Plus, the man is coming off a sports hernia where he gave the greatest two minutes and 17 seconds in Tampa Bay Lightning history that propelled Tampa Bay to win their second Stanley Cup in franchise history earlier last week. So there is that. Craig Custance of The Athletic also brought this up to the attention about the fact that Tampa does need to clear cap space. They only have three defensemen on the books for next year. And one of them, again, they do need to pay is Mikhail Sergachev, who is likely going to command not really Victor Hedman type money, but he's going to command a good chunk of change that is going to create some salary cap issues for the do for the uh, now defending champion Tampa Bay Lightning. Trades are likely coming for Tampa. They win the cup now, but has their captain played his last game? with the Lightning, and are the Golden Knights a team to watch? Custance goes on to say that Stamkos took less money to stay with Tampa. He took the $8.5 million over, I believe it was seven years at the time, to stay with the Lightning instead of pursuing free agency. And in that realm, Stamkos was able to take advantage of no state income tax while playing for a legitimate contender, out of the Eastern Conference, which the Lightning have been now for the last decade now, or a little bit more. If 
the Lightning were to move Stamkos, his preference would be kind of the same thing. No state income tax and play for a contender. It just so happens the Golden Knights fit both of those bills. Now, again, I am not saying here that the Golden Knights are going to pursue a trade for Steven Stamkos between now and Friday, nor am I saying that the Golden Knights should go full regalia in getting a trade for Steven Stamkos done before Friday. But who oh boy, how have we entered this realm of the chat to now entertain the possibility that if the Tampa Bay Lightning are absolutely trying to clear cap space, and if Steven Stamkos really is available, and if the Golden Knights are indeed linked, and if he would want to go to Vegas, what in the world do we think about that? And and again, I don't think anything's going to happen between now and Friday, but the the idea is now out there in the ether. Because now you start to think, well, first of all, what would a package for Stamkos look like? Because yes, he had a sports hernia. Yes, he missed most of the Stanley Cup final. Yes, he missed a good chunk of the postseason in general. But this is a man who is capable of putting up 90 points to 100 points in any given season. And let me also remind everyone out there, Steven Stamkos is only 30 years old. 30 years old. It's not like he's on the downslope of mediocrity. Steven Stamkos, still a 90 point to a 100 point player is still in the realm of being one of the top 10 players in the league. That, that, that's that's literally where we are at this point. What would a package from the Golden Knights standpoint look like for, for Steven Stamkos? What, what are we even talking about price range? Well, the starter would probably have to be a first-round pick because the Lightning traded all their first-round picks to get the likes of Barclay Goodrow and Blake Coleman. So you would like to think that if you're going to trade the captain of your Stanley Cup winning team, it would need to be a first-round pick coming back, which Vegas now has their first-round picks back in tow. Maybe even a second-round pick in the same draft. So if we're talking about maybe a 2021 type of package, the Golden Knights have two seconds in 2021. You're likely looking at a prospect, and I mean, I can only imagine what kind of prospect we're looking here. Are we looking at a Cody Glass? Are we looking at a Peyton Krebs? Are we looking at a Nick Haig? Are we even looking at a Brendan Brisson? I, I don't know, but there is a prospect to be had there, and there is also the need for an NHL player. Now, now, I am not saying this as any particular rumor or anything, but I'm just saying if you are the Tampa Bay Lightning and you are in the need of adding another center, if you do move on from Steven Stamkos, I'm not saying Paul Stasny wouldn't be a decent second or third line center for your roster to kind of fill in that gap on an expiring six and a half million dollar contract, but at least to offset the cost of what you're giving up as to what Vegas we need to put back, there is that possibility. I think it is fun in theory 
to discuss this. Now, again, I don't believe in any realm of possibility that Steven Stamkos is going to be a Vegas Golden Knight by the end of the week. But the, but much like the Golden Knights, the Tampa Bay Lightning have been involved in not necessarily cap hell, but it has been the closest thing to cap purgatory. And now we're talking about the idea of trading for these guys, or or at least the Lightning getting involved in some form of trading. You look at who they have right now on their books and who they need to pay, who they really need to pay. There's Anthony Sorelli, who is an RFA. Carter Veray, he's probably not going to cost a whole lot. You want to maybe entice the idea of bringing back Patrick Mahoon, Patrick Mahoon, Patrick Maroon. But then, as I mentioned earlier at the top, you have three defensemen on your books, and you're going to have to pay Mikhail Sergachev. The Lightning right now have $5 million in cap space. So they're going to need to pay somebody, and they're going to need to trade somebody at some point. You have Victor Hedman and Ryan McDonough locked up for a very long time. And then you have to pay Sergachev, which even at 22, it might not be Victor Hedman numbers, but Sergachev is so talented that I could see his agent saying, could you give him seven years or seven years? Can you give him $7 million leading up to when he becomes a UFA? I could see that. There is the possibility also, if you would like to pay Kevin Shattenkirk to a new deal, who was a ridiculously good pickup for Tampa Bay with Shattenkirk kind of returning to form in the playoffs. I thought he was pretty good. You, you know, you have Jan Ruda at 30. I don't think you really need to worry about him. And then your goaltending is set up. You got Vasilevsky for the next eight years, and you got uh, Curtis McElhaney, who's on a one-year deal. So it, it's not like the Lightning are clearly out of the gutter here. But then, I mean, you got to think about, are you going to pay Blake Coleman Next year, you're going to play Cedric Parquet. You're going to play Barclay Goodrow. There's a, a lot to think about here. And then Braden Point will be off the books in two years. Andre Pallad will be off the book in two years. You have Yanni Gord locked up. You have Tyler Johnson locked up. But are you, as the Tampa Bay Lightning, prepared to go forward with four more years of Steven Stamkos money on your books without thinking about if you can move anybody to make sure that you have the proper money to pay Mikhail Sergachev because you do not want to get to the point where you are stuck in an offer sheet and then you have to kind of think about, well, they're taking the conversation or not. Even that is kind of a hefty price if you are the Tampa Bay Lightning. Now, the Golden Knights, in theory, would still need to clear space. Obviously, they would need to clear space because they're over the cap by $56,000 right now. But if they wanted to add a player, keep in mind, we're still trying to get to Friday where there is still the realistic chance that the Golden Knights are going to get in the running for Alex Petrangelo. So we have to take that into consideration. What we are hearing now, the Golden Knights are entertaining trade offers, according to reports. Now, um, Kelly McCrimmon denied or did not discuss the TSN report today about trying to facilitate a three-team deal for Marc-Andre Fleury. I believe it was Pierre Lebrun who also mentioned it in his column in The Athletic today. The Golden Knights are trying to entertain a three-team deal, as we kind of discussed yesterday, about sending Marc-Andre Fleury to a team for that team to take on the salary cap, and then that team flips him to another team. So that way, the Golden Knights can kind of get completely away from that $7 million, but they would need to throw in draft picks as a sweetener in order to kind of facilitate 
that whole scenario. But now, as it appears, the asking price for teams to take on Marc-Andre Fleury's salary for the final two years, and even if this is a a trade that involves just one team, not even it's just two teams, not a three-team deal, but if this was just a, a two-team deal, the asking price is a first and a second to move on from Marc-Andre Fleury. That is a lot. <laughs> that is a hefty price to move Marc-Andre Fleury if, if the Golden Knights, who reportedly have been adamant about not retaining any salary in a trade for Marc-Andre Fleury, they would need to give up a first and a second. That kind of takes you out of the running of hoping to get Steven Stamkos if that is indeed in Vegas' plans, which again, we don't know if they're in the plans or not. The Golden Knights are entertaining trade offers also for a variety of players. Jonathan Marchessault has been linked to trade talks. Nate Schmidt, apparently the Golden Knights were trying to ship Nate Schmidt off last week, or over the weekend, I should say, in a potential deal to free up space. And there, of course, is Paul Stasny. I have begun to hear rumblings about a possible move for Braden McNabb. Likely, that's not to be the case if they are shopping Nate Schmidt, so I'm probably going to throw those thoughts out of my head. I did begin to hear rumblings over the weekend, but I think if they are looking to move on from Nate Schmidt, one, that'd be crazy. Uh, well, not crazy as in that, what are the Vegas Golden Knights thinking, but more crazy as in, that's one of your cornerstones. That's a guy who just paid $5.9 million for for the next five, six years. And to kind of give up on him after all that, you must be pretty confident that you can get a meeting with Alex Petrangelo or at least come into the ballpark of getting a chance to sign Petrangelo to a deal. So there is that. I have absolutely no idea if this Stamkos to Vegas thing has any legs. It more than likely does not. But if you're the Golden Knights, and if you are 100% committed to going after a Stanley Cup next year because you want to be big game players in free agency, because you've been so good at executing in the trade market for the last, really the last three years, if well, with the exception of the of the Tatar trade, if you really think that going after a guy like Steven Stamkos, and even after going after a guy like Alex Petrangelo, maybe a Tory Krug, maybe maybe you know you know whoever, it's it's crazy to think that the Golden Knights might be in that kind of a situation. And again, I don't think this really has any legs. And and I don't I highly doubt that if Steven Stamkos has thought about a trade, I don't think he's thought that Vegas would be at the top of the list. But I'm telling you what, it is fun to think about. It is intriguing to think about. And I would I would relish the thought to wonder how the Golden Knights would go through all the cap gymnastics to make everything happen the way that they want to do it, and to build in a, in excess a super team that will hopefully propel them to a Stanley Cup. Time will ultimately tell. But this whole thing with Stamkos, again, I don't think it has any legs. But if there are some legs that are starting to emerge from the surface, 
between now and Friday, this is going to be very interesting. This is going to be very interesting. And especially how the Lightning, who are also trying to unload uh, Tyler Johnson, I had, I had seen uh, possibly unloading his contract. It's going to be interesting to see how the Lightning play this out. And if the Golden Knights get involved in any way, I'm pretty sure that if they needed to talk about it, going after Steven Samkos might not be a bad idea. But we'll, we'll see how that goes. We'll cross that bridge if we get there. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Built Bar. Built Bar is an energy bar that tastes like a candy bar and is covered completely in chocolate. It's a combination you probably didn't expect, but trust me, it is good. And Built Bar is back better than ever with a relaunching phase. And now they have six new flavors for you to try. We're talking caramel brownie cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp to go with their 12 original flavors, raspberry peanut butter, banana bread, salted caramel, double chocolate, my favorite orange, coconut, and peanut butter brownie, and a whole lot more. Built Bars are great for the health-conscious person where you can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. You can get a free cooler with a purchase at BuiltBar.com while supplies last. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your next order. That's again the promo code LOCKEDON to BuiltBar.com to get $10 off your next order. That's B-U-I-L-T Bar.com. Between never-ending laundry cycles and incoming emails, you've got plenty on your to-do list. Give yourself one less thing to worry about and let DoorDash take care of your next meal. DoorDash is the app that brings you food you're craving right now right to your door. Ordering's easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for the delivery. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local restaurant, and your food will be left at your door. Think of the restaurants you can choose from. Chipotle, Wendy's, The Cheesecake Factory. With over 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia, you can support your local go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKEDONNHL. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code LOCKEDONNHL. Don't forget, that's code LOCKEDONNHL for $5 off and no delivery fees with your first order with DoorDash. So friends, as a reminder, tomorrow, or really today, as we hit one o'clock in the morning on October 7th, as our first round recap draws to a close, a reminder that rounds two through seven of the NHL draft will be taking place at 8.30 a.m. tomorrow, today technically, uh, on the NBC Sports Network, so be on the lookout for that. We will provide the coverage afterwards with the draft, and we'll discuss how the Golden Knights did as well as we will get you ready for free agency also because yeah that that that's uh that's that's happening pretty quickly so uh rounds two through seven of the nhl draft tomorrow at 8 30 a.m pacific time on the nbc sports network let's close the show by talking about some news and notes from around the league as well as some thoughts on the other selections 
uh, from the draft earlier today. Obviously, the number one pick belonged to the New York Rangers, and to the shock of absolutely everybody, Alexi Lafreniere went to the Rangers with the number one overall pick. Solid slam dunk. There was no question needed. I am interested to see how he plays on that Rangers team that I want to say so bad that they took a took a step forward. But you got another year of Artemi Panarin coming up. You got Mika Zibanejad still. That team could be fun and it could be dangerous if Lafreniere pans out in his rookie year, which I, I think everyone expects he will play uh, next year. At number two, there was a lot of talk with what the Los Angeles Kings would do. They ended up going with Quentin Byfield at number two instead of Tim Stutzel, who did go to number three to the Ottawa Senators. I'm going to be, first of all, huge congratulations to Quentin Byfield. I, I'm not sure if he needs cr- congratulations for this, but there, I think it is noteworthy that he is the highest drafted black player in NHL history. That's fantastic news. And that is something to be commended for the Kings prospect pool. And we talked about this since the moment the Kings got the number two pick. It is scary. It is scary, but man, is that going to be a fun team to watch in the next four or five years? And I am excited to see what the Kings do with Byfield and, you know, Turcott and everybody involved on the Kings prospect pool. It is going to be so much fun to watch that team grow. And I mean, you know, the the way the Pacific Division is shaping up, man, the Kings and the Kings and and really the Ducks, the the Anaheim Ducks, who I think were gifted the biggest gift of the draft, with the Senators also picking a five, going with Jake Sanderson at as the first defenseman off the board. The Ducks get right gifted right in their lap. Jamie Drysdale at number six, who I think is going to be a fantastic addition to the Ducks. They have a great prospect pool coming up as well. The Pacific Division, man, is going to be a lot of fun, especially in California. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, the Sabres did the sabering again with Jack Quinn at number eight. That's, yeah, that, that was not something I expected when you had Marco Rossi on the on the board. You had Cole Perfetti on the board who went nine and ten respectively to the Minnesota Wild and the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, big steal, big uh, gain by getting Cole Perfetti for the Jets who continue to be on the watch of trading Patrick Line and I think getting Perfetti might have given the Jets the green light to be like all right let's entertain some offers Philly was reportedly in the mix I'm not sure how much Philly is in the mix now but that line a line a gate is going to be something to be interesting to watch for between now and Friday uh Yaroslav Askarov was the goalie t- the top rated goaltender on the board. He goes number 12 to the Nashville Predators. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Nashville with you know Pekka Rinne on the decline, you know, UC Saros, you're not sure where his development's going. You get Yaroslav Askarov who could probably be ready to go in a couple of years if everything pans out. He he's gotten Carey Price con- uh, comparisons. There's a reason why. He's that good. Uh, Braden Schneider, who we talked about at the top of the show, went to the New York Rangers at number 19. The Rangers actually traded up with the Calgary Flames to take Braden Schneider. And there was a lot of rumblings that Schneider would actually go to the New Jersey Devils, who had the 20th pick. So the Rangers going after Lafreniere and getting Schneider, I think, 
was a pretty good day for the New York Rangers. Number 22, another team trading up with the Calgary Flames to get Hendricks LaPierre, the Washington Capitals. High risk, high reward if you are the Washington Capitals, but I cannot think of a better organization in the late teens and the early 20s that could have taken Hendricks LaPierre and given him the best chance to succeed than the Washington Capitals. He is, If he stays healthy, he is going to be so much fun to watch. Connor Zary ends up being the guy that Calgary goes with after trading twice. I believe it went down to 24, 25. Uh, but Connor Zary, one of the uh, top uh, scoring wings available in this draft class, goes to Calgary. And then Ozzie Weisblatt, the final pick of the first round, goes to the San Jose Sharks. It's a cool moment where uh, Doug Wilson Jr. was sign-languaging the pick. His mother is obviously deaf, and uh, it was a very cool moment to see there, Ozzie Weisblatt being the very final pick of the draft, uh, the first round of the draft for the San Jose Sharks. Uh, quick news to talk about. I know we've run a lot on time today because you know what happens when you get Vegas and Stephen Sam calls on the mind. You, you run a little bit long. But there were news. There was news. Uh, there was a big trade today, and, and really a trade I didn't think was feasible. I didn't even think it was possible, but the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets have a new top six center, and that is Max Domi, traded from the Montreal Canadiens along with a third round pick to get Josh Anderson. Now, for for CBJ, I, I love the Columbus Blue Jackets. I don't know how well Domi is going to play under John Tortorella, but I'm I'm very intrigued to see how he slides as a potential 2C below a Pierre-Luc Dubois, who, by the way, is an RFA and needs to get paid this year also. Josh Anderson? I didn't think Josh Anderson would be able to squeeze in Max Domi in a third-round pick, and that's not just knock Josh Anderson. I mean, he scored, what, 27 goals a couple years ago, but obviously injuries have derailed him since. If Montreal can get a healthy Josh Anderson, this is a win-win for both teams, I feel, especially with Columbus getting that third-round pick, which is for the draft tomorrow so interesting trade and i really like the way that uh that the blue jackets handled that and still and again got a capable 2c if they can hurry up and get dubois and they can get a deal for domi be very interesting to see how that works out i know i talked yesterday about the prospect of possibly the gold knights going after henrik lundquist but it appears the washington capitals are closing in on getting henrik lundquist uh, no, no deal has been obviously signed yet. No deal has come to agreement yet, but from various multiple national outlets, it appears that Lundquist will go to Washington and more than likely back up Ilya Samsonov. So big get there for Washington. If it does become official, nothing set in stone yet, but I'd be very interested to see how Lundquist does in Washington. And finally, the deadline for Friday for Oliver Ekman Larson on where he wants to be traded to. Either he will be traded to the Vancouver Canucks, the Boston Bruins, or nothing. And as Elliot Friedman reported late last night, it does appear that OEL could be on his way to Vancouver, but again, nothing set in stone there. So a lot to look forward to between later today and Friday, because free agency is Friday. Holy crap, free agency is Friday. Let's all get excited for this. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, that is going to wrap up a very eventful episode of Locked on Golden Knights. Thank you all for downloading, sharing, listening, subscribing, all that jazz. 
is greatly appreciated. I know we were talking about doing a live show today. If I got a little bit caught up with doing a couple other things. Um, I'm not sure if we're going to do a live show tomorrow since it's so early in the morning, but we will absolutely have a breakdown episode of rounds two through seven of the Golden Knights. They have four draft picks left. Barring any trading in, barring any trading up, the Golden Knights will start at pick number 68 tomorrow morning, and then maybe they get a few more picks into the round. Maybe they settle for the five they got. We'll see how it goes, but that will come tomorrow and until tomorrow which maybe there will be more trades we get to talk about and who knows maybe the golden knights will trade mark andre Fleury. everything apparently is on the table ladies and gentlemen so with that being said we will see you tomorrow for the second day of the nhl draft and until then i am danny webster this has been locked on golden knights part of the locked on podcast network have a good day everybody